Welcome to the Metabolic MD. Health means everything. We all seek optimal health, but most of us do not know how to achieve it. Dr. Paul Kaladze has spent a career in the emergency department. Now, he helps his patients avoid ever ending up there. During these podcasts, you'll learn how you can lose weight and prevent and reverse disease through new technology, a modified diet, and the use of some new recently approved FDA medications. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical provider. Let's listen in. Hey there, we are back. It's 2024. And today we have a very special topic that's going to appeal to anybody who sat on their couch watching Twilight Zone saying, this year it's going to be different. I have some resolutions I'm going to keep. So today we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and weight loss. Correct, Dr. Paul? That's it. But before we do that, we have another special guest. Danielle's back for us because people loved having Danielle on the last podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome. All right, Danielle. We'll ask you about your resolution here in a minute. But before we do that, I think we need to tell folks out there that we've had so many questions come in about uh, the weight loss medicines, Wagovi, Ozimbix, all those kind of things. We've decided to do a question and answer session online, a Zoom session, right? Zoom session, all virtual. It's on January 30th. And you can join. There's no cost to this. No cost, free of charge. You sign up online on our website at metabolicmds.com slash virtual seminar. Okay. And it's at 7 p.m., so a great time for everyone. And you're going to answer those questions about what's the difference between Zepbound and Ozembic and all those kind of things that we're going to talk about, right? Yeah, we'll do a little review on what these medications are, and then we're going to leave a lot of time for people to get their questions answered. Okay. So if you walked into Costco, you walked into Sam's Club, you see all the exercise equipment lined up by the door because January is the number one month to buy exercise machines. And why is that? It's because New Year's resolutions. So, Dr. Paul, you've come here today with some very good resolutions we all can keep, correct? Yes. What is my first resolution? So, so the focus here really is, you know, set goals that are achievable and then break those down. You don't want some big goal out there that seems so far in the distance that you're never going to get to it. You want an achievable goal for the year, and then you want to break it down into different components. And these, these resolutions that I have for this year are simple incremental gains that you can make over the course of the year to achieve weight loss and better metabolic health in 2024. All right. Well, let's let's go right. Number one. Number one. Very simple. Start your day with protein. Uh, okay. What does that mean? That means that when you get up in the morning, you shouldn't have a bowl of cereal. You need to look at starting your day with some kind of protein. That could be in sugar-free yogurt. That could be with eggs. That should be with could be with bacon, which I am an advocate of. Who doesn't love bacon? You know, it could be a little bit of cheese on a sausage, you know, but start your day with protein. I have patients that start their day with a protein drink. Some of them will start their day with a protein bar. But as we've talked about in the past, you got to be real careful with those protein bars and make sure they don't have 25 or 30 grams of carbs in them as well, along with a lot of sugar. But start your day with protein. General goal for my patients is they look to try and get 100, 100, 
20 grams of protein in a day is, you know, try and get 35 or 40 grams of protein with the first day of the meal. So, so Daniel Paul, should not have Fruit Loops, Daniel? I know. I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so I do love a morning latte or a mocha, you know, those super sugary drinks. So that's a no-go. That's a no-no. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. just from the standpoint of the carbs and the sugar in it. And I understand people need caffeine in the morning. You always see me with my coffee cup mm-hmm. in the morning, right? Yep. Um, but I, you know, have fortunately developed a taste for it drinking it black. You got to avoid sugar in the morning and you got to focus on protein with the first meal of the day. So, oh, he's a real downer today, isn't he? <laughs> so like a creamer, like a no sugar creamer would yeah, be okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, so protein bacon's good. Eggs are good. Eggs are great. Uh, we had, you know that low carb uh, bread we had on our taste test. Yeah, I that actually was, switched over. I started yeah. eating that. That was yeah. good. That was yeah. good. So I could put, uh, can I put jelly on something like that, or you would just have to watch how much yeah. sugar is in the jelly. Smother it with butter. Butter is good. Bacon's good. <laughs> butter okay. and bacon. Yeah. Again, on we're my just keto kinda, bread. We're just kind of going back to <laughs> let's undo the food pyramid. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. all right. Number one was protein. Number two. Well, maybe start <clears throat> your meal a little bit later in the morning. Let's talk about dipping our toe in the water of intermittent fasting. Let's talk okay. toes. And, and intermittent fasting does, I mean, we aren't talking like you can't eat for a day. Okay. I mean, if, if you normally finish eating in the evening at 8.30 or 9, and then you get up and you eat it, you know, get ready for work, eat at 6.30 or 7 in the morning. Let's just try and expand that period of time to maybe 12 hours. Maybe stop eating in the evening at 7.30. And maybe, you know, push your breakfast a little bit back if your work schedule will allow so that you aren't eating until 8 or 9 or 10. And that's when you're going to grab that protein snack in the morning. But let's 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 talk about that because that would bother me. I'm a routine guy, right? I get up a certain time, I do a certain thing. If I'm pushing my morning's meal back, I'm going to run into lunch. Yeah. Is yeah. it better to is it better to have two things really close together versus well, spacing them well, out? Well, so so what happens with most of my patients patients is we push that first meal back and then they end up having an early lunch as that first meal and then they end up usually eating just two meals a day. Oh. So that that's ultimately most of my patients once they get in the routine after a few months they're generally looking at a 14 hour some 16 hour fast. You know, the common fast is 16 8. Um, where you uh, eat all your food during an eight-hour window. So this is one way to get, uh, you know, two meals a day. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've all been taught as we're growing up, oh, you got to have a snack every four or five hours. you got to be eating constantly to maintain your metabolism. That's just not true. So my patients do really well when they begin to intermittent fast a little bit, and then a lot of them consolidate to just two meals a day. And you suggest starting with 12 hours of intermittent fasting. Yeah, if you can get to 12, you know, start with whatever's comfortable for you. If you're usually eating in an eight-hour only, you know, you're sleeping eight hours overnight, and that's usually your fast, get to 10 hours. 
All right, so tell me, what the heck does a fast do for me? I don't, I don't quite get the, the math so or science behind it. Fasting this. is <clears throat> one of the most important ways to lower insulin resistance. Along with a low-carb diet, you can lower insulin resistance. And, of course, insulin resistance is prevalent in the United States, the reason for a lot of obesity, the cause of prediabetes and diabetes. So we can get into more of the physiological details of what insulin resistance is in a different podcast. But based Basically, fasting helps lower your insulin resistance, which helps with weight loss, helps with prediabetes prevention, etc. Okay. So how do I stop eating snacks throughout the day? If oh, good I love, question. like a pretzel in the afternoon, I mean, what can I be eating at lunch then and at dinner to help prevent that urge to have a snack? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that's great about low carb diets is you can always eat something. Okay, if you're hungry, you can always eat something. So the first thing I would try and do with those snacks is try and go to higher protein snacks. You know, cheese, um, you know, a little bit of beef jerky, um, a protein bar if you're sure, sure it doesn't have significant carbs or sugars in it. So just try and change your snacking pattern to those higher protein snacks. So right. if, if you're hungry, eat, but eat the right things. That's a good lesson. So number three, you, you so far you've, you've kind of depressed me a little bit on number one and two, but keep going with number three. What's number three? Number three is commit to strength training, in my view, over cardiovascular training in the coming year. And I'm not talking about solving world hunger here, Terry. I'm talking about <laughs> if you've never strength trained, get two 30-minute sessions in a week. Very important for all of us as we age because we're losing muscle mass, especially for women because if you increase your muscle mass, you can decrease your risk of osteoporosis as you get older. And I'm not saying you need to go in the gym and be pumping iron. You know, <laughs> body weight, just standing squats, doing a, full, a, a few push-ups, maybe getting some 10-pound weights or, you know, if you can do a little more, 15 or 20 pound weights at home. You, you can, you know, get a set of bands for 25 bucks and you can do two 30 minute sessions in front of the TV if you want of strength training a week and begin to reach your goals and increase your muscle mass. Pilates. Right. What about Pilates? Pilates is Pilates. strength training too. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's using body weight. Do so, I need a personal <clears throat> trainer? Because this sounds like, I mean, if I'm not in the gym, but I'm doing something at home, if not, yeah, Where I guess, can I find resources to see, like, make sure my form is right, make sure I'm not actually hurting yeah, myself? Yeah, I mean, there's endless amount of stuff on the Internet, okay? So, you know, get, get a, an exercise routine where you're doing, you know, eight to ten exercises. You're maybe doing two or three sets. That means you're doing 20 to 30 total exercises. You can do that in 30 minutes. And, and, and you know... You do that along with the protein thing we talked about, and all of a sudden, you'll realize you're getting a little bit of muscle mass. As I told you, I had a patient once that, uh, that, that was combing, never middle-aged woman, never lifted weights, was combing her hair in the mirror, and noticed that she had a bicep for the first time in her life. <laughs> wow, is that because wow. she was combing her hair? That was because she was following the recommendations. I didn't know whether combing hair was an exercise or not. Well, it's yeah. no, but it's like she's looking in the mirror and, you know, it's like, which way to the beach, Terry? Got yeah. it. So, okay. but the, the, I guess the question I still have on this topic is, 
you know, I do, I do karate. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. I do karate in, in for 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And then, but you're saying I'm not doing strength exercising, but yet I feel like when I'm punching things, that's yeah. a, that's a strength exercise. Yeah. You, you really should do some kind of structured resistance training. That okay. means a, du- a, a light dumbbell, uh, even yeah. if it's the light uh, A light dumbbell, bands. I think bands are great because they're portable. You can take them with you wherever you go. You can get a great workout with bands. We're talking about the stretchy bands, not the rock str- bands. Yeah. Yeah, Terry. <laughs> okay. <Van Halen>. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a new year, folks. A Bear Van with Halen us. band, an ACDC band. <laughs> so, All right. So, uh, Danielle, any more questions on strength Yeah, training? I have another question. So, if I do like 30 minutes of cardio four times a week. How much strength training do I need to do to make sure that I'm not over cardio and I'm not yeah, building I, muscle mass? Yeah, I just, so, you know, the American Heart Association guidelines for cardio, which I recommend my patients follow, you know, I'm not completely against cardiovascular training, um, is uh, get your heart rate to 80% of your max for 75 minutes a week. Okay, so that's the American Heart Association. Nobody should know more about cardiovascular fitness than them. But think about that. So that means you can do, you know, a a couple, you you know, 40-minute cardiovascular sessions a week. Or what I do is three 25-minute sessions, get my heart rate up to that 80% of max. And the reason I like the 75 minutes only is because then I can spend the rest of my time on strength training. And, you know, we all have limited time. But I, I would say for those folks who are listening to us, and I hope there's seems like there's a lot these days, um, that we don't scare them away, right? That's why start I'm, start slow, start minimal, mm-hmm. two, two thirty minute sessions a week. I don't, I, I think that's pretty. You know, do it. In, I'm serious. Do it in front of the TV. I used to think it was supposed to be fifteen minute exercises. That's how I came up with fifteen minutes, right? Well, I thought you were supposed to be fifteen. Yeah, minutes. I don't know. You know, Terry. Sometimes you come up with things in your mind, and I have no <laughs> idea where they come from. You know that they come the deepest, darkest places <laughs> in my soul. I mean, the soul. traditional the traditional strength training workout is kind of an hour, hour and fifteen minutes a week three to four times a week i'm saying start with half of that okay so all right folks if you're listening so far you've got three great things you can do that will help you be healthier in 2024 let's keep going i know we have two more what's the next one okay find out if you're a middle-aged american overweight a bit maybe pre-diabetes or diabetes in your family then find out what your level of insulin resistance is in 2024 So, you know, you go to your doctor and, you know, you get your blood work checked and, you know, not uncommon for your doctor to say, your blood sugar is a little bit higher than, you know, we would like it. So let's just keep an eye on it. In my mind, that means lights and sirens should be going off because that means you have insulin resistance and you are potentially moving down the road toward prediabetes and eventually uh, diabetes. So you can have a blood glucose in the normal range and still have insulin resistance going on and be moving down that road toward those disease processes. So the way to drill down to your exact level of insulin resistance is to get your doctor to do a fasting insulin level on you. Very uncommon test. I think it should be a more common test than cholesterol, personally, because insulin resistance and the inflammation from high blood sugar is a bigger problem related to blood vessel problems in the U.S. than cholesterol is. 
So uh, learn your level of insulin resistance by getting a fasting insulin level, good to get a simultaneous fasting blood glucose. You can plug those into this formula we've talked about called AHOMA IR, which is an acronym for homeostatic model of insulin resistance. You can know exactly where you are related to your level of insulin resistance and whether you're at risk for problems down the road. So if I have insulin resistance, I'm not saying I do personally, but if I have insulin resistance, what can I do today to start reversing that or to reduce that number? It's exactly what we've been talking about. You know, increase the protein in your diet, decrease the carbs, intermittent fasting, strength training decreases insulin resistance because um, as you build muscle mass, then the insulin receptors on your muscles soak up more insulin, lower your blood sugar. So it's just the other things we've been talking about. And should I get that tested about once a year? Is that yeah, I think, okay. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it, once a year is a great idea to But they're not doing that when I go and get a general blood work done, yeah. the mm-hmm. yearly blood work. That's yeah. not part of it? That's not part of it. And so I you think, have to uh, specifically ask for Yeah, this. I think it's a shame it's not part of it because, again, it's a bigger issue than cholesterol for most middle-aged Americans. But will, will the average doc that you get to go visit for 20 minutes a year, will they know what to do with that number? Don't raise your eyebrow, Adam, but, you, <laughs> um, but, but this is what I suggest. You go ahead and get my book that talks about oh, this. Oh, the book. Well, here's yeah. that yeah. shameless plug for the <laughs> yeah. book. And, and you'll, know, you'll know all about insulin resistance, um, and, uh, and, and you'll understand it, and you'll be able to explain to the doc why you want this test. It, this is coming in Oh, in I medicine. knew that was going to happen. Yeah. This so, is coming in medicine. Um, so I just I just spilled my drink, but we're recovering here, everybody. <laughs> Do you need okay. a paper towel? Um, So ask your doctor for a fasting insulin level along with a fasting blood glucose so you can get your insulin resistance degree calculated. And I would would ask you to do that maybe just once a year. All right. Once a year, a fasting glucose insulin insulin level. I've never had that done, and I'm a diabetic. Yeah. Well, for people on insulin, it's not valid, okay, because the exogenous insulin, the insulin you inject yourself with, um, will mess that up. So this is really talking about people that are not yet diabetic or people, you could be diabetic and not on insulin, but if you're on insulin, the test is not valid. And by the way, the fancy word you just used, what was that word? (laughs) <laughs> sticking yourself with insulin exogenous okay, okay. Exogenous. As, as opposed to the exogenous. insulin coming from your own pancreas i see that we learn something every single day word of the day exogenous i can't even pronounce it all right so number <laughs> five and final recommendation for new year's resolution is count your macros for a few days what okay what, what the is heck a is macro? that now, yeah so macro is macronutrient and it just gets some idea. There are two numbers to focus on, and that's we, we've already alluded to both of them. The first one is, you know, how much protein you're getting in a day, okay? Just how many grams of protein are you getting in a day? Yeah. And then how many grams of carbohydrates are you getting in a day? I really, as you can tell with my reference to bacon, I really don't care that much about fat and how much fat you're getting. Fat is satiating. When you eat fat, you eat less. So I'm not that worried you're going to overdo it with fat. Now, good fats are preferable to bad fats. We can do a separate podcast on that. But count your macros. So there are a lot of free... Uh, apps out there that will help you do that. You can scan the food labels. You know, if you have a food scale, that will help. But you don't even have to get that complicated. You can just estimate things. So come up with a number. I end up eating 
200 grams of carbs a day. I end up eating 60 grams of protein a day. Just get a general handle on those numbers. You don't have to do this for weeks on end. Do it for a few days. Get a general handle on that. When my patients start with me, I like to target uh, eventually trying to get to maybe 50 to 75 grams of carbs a day if you're trying to lose weight. And then to go with that strength training and that first meal of the day, maybe try and get around 100 grams of protein. So hang your hat on that. 50 to 75 grams of carbs, greater than 100 grams of protein. But just count your macros for a few days. All right. So macro counting, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> two days, Terry. Huh? Two, two Mac- days. Two days. Two days. Hey, there's 365 days in a year, For Terry. Two days. Two days. Oh, can that's I, can not I just hard, do Terry. Do a macro count now and then do it next week or something? Or does it have to be two days in a row? Or just yeah, you can no and anything. Just get some idea because you know the American diet before the 1960s was you know 125, 150 grams of carbs a day, and then the food pyramid came in, and we were told that you know carbs were at the bottom of the food pyramid, and now our diet went to 300 grams of carbs a day and we got these problems with obesity and diabetes so just kind of understand where you are and then try and bring that carb count down and raise your protein count i also think it would be kind of cool to do this test or to scan these labels for two days and then after you started like a low carb diet with like higher protein to see the compare and contrast wouldn't that be so rewarding terry danielle's that's your experiment we're gonna put danielle on that project okay i can do that (laughs) okay all right so we've gone through five great examples of things you can do, simple things you can do to make your life better in 2024. Can we recap those, Terry? I think I forgot. Danielle, you want, want me to give you a drum roll? I think Dr. Paul should recap <laughs> oh. them. I know for okay. sure. Well, Increase you your protein. Start okay. your day with protein. Protein. Okay. Start some minimal strength training. Strength training. Okay. Figure out your level of insulin resistance. Get your doc on board with insulin that. Insulin resistance. Read the book. <laughs> okay, and uh, and then uh, do some intermittent fasting and fasting and count your macros for a few days. Counting right macros, macro counting. Yeah, I got All one right. more though, Terry. Go right ahead. Enjoy the fruits of your efforts. You know, you will feel so much better when you start bringing down your carbs and increasing your protein and get a little bit of strength training in. You know, for a lot of my patients, their energy levels increase. Um, You know, the inflammation in their joints go down because their blood sugar is more balanced and stabilized. Some of them tell without this blood sugar variability in their system that they have less um, brain fog, better mental clarity. So enjoy the fruits of your efforts in 2024. But we should not celebrate with carbs. We can't. Yeah, don't don't go out and have a piece of cake. (laughs) What about popcorn you just saw in my trash can in there? (laughs) All right, so before we wrap this up, a couple things again. We're going to have a Zoom session. When, Danielle? January 30th. It's virtual. Sign up online at metabolicmds.com slash virtual seminar. It's at 7 p.m. Okay, so that's anybody can join that. He's going to answer questions. It's more about listening to what you want to know about, and he's going to kind of address each one one by one. So join us. Number two, we're going to be releasing a copy of the uh, the first chapter of the audiobook, which is the book we shamelessly plug here. Which is called? 
the continuous glucose monitor revolution for non-diabetics available on Amazon. And it is one of the best-selling books in that category, right, on Amazon? Absolutely, yeah. All right, so congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be putting an audio uh, version of Chapter 1 on the website. We're going to be sending it out to people who are on the mailing list and all kinds of things like that. So be on the lookout for that. And if you want to get on the mailing list, again, go to the website and subscribe so that you can get instant access to this audio. Look, that's why she's on this podcast. There you go. She forgets. She does the things we forget to do. (laughs) One more plug. Yeah. For any of the listeners that live in Ohio, Indiana, Florida, Arizona, we do telemedicine with our patient population in uh, those states. So if you have an interest in learning more about our programs, be in touch. All right. At that point, folks, we're letting you go. This has been the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Glossick. I'm Terry O'Brien, your producer, along with Daniel Meyer, your producer. So we will see you guys again very soon on the next podcast. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolodzik. Please join us again for the next episode to hear how your metabolic health means everything and to learn tips on how to lose weight and possibly reverse some serious health conditions. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical professional.